Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance, our weekly podcast where we speak to leaders across industry to talk about financial innovation and fintech. I'm Rolf Merchant, part of the team at Innovate Finance, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Curitan, who is Chief Executive Officer of Funding Options. Simon, thank you for joining us. Pleasure, Rolf. Really appreciate the invite. It's very good to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you, Simon. Um, funding options. So it helps businesses get finance to help them grow, providing them, as the name suggests, with many options to do so. Uh, we'll be exploring your business model and, and proposition in a little bit, Simon. But uh, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about your background and, and how you came into the fintech industry. Sure, no problem. Uh, so uh, much as I don't necessarily like referring to myself uh, as one, uh, I am a former banker. Uh, <laughs> so I've been in the financial services sector for uh, a long time, uh, more than 25 years, would you believe? Uh, so I started my career in investment banking uh, in London. Um, there was a, an investment bank by the name of BZW, which uh, after about a year was, uh, was, was sort of sold off and split into two. Uh, so I spent a few years at the then Barclays Capital, uh, and I was working within the equity derivatives uh, world, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, and um, so I spent 10 years in London, uh, moved across to Deutsche Bank. I then had a, uh, a very interesting transfer opportunity with Deutsche that took me all the way over to Australia. So I, I moved to Sydney with my young family. Uh, this was back in 2007, um, uh, where I worked for Deutsche Bank for a few years, uh, leading their transaction management team. Uh, I had a stint in Hong Kong at Morgan Stanley halfway through that. Hmm. And then I moved back to uh, Oz. And that's actually when I made my first foray out of investment banking. And I started uh, working for the CBA, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, uh, where I did a similar thing for a while, but then I actually ended up joining a startup within the CBA, uh, which is a business uh, called My Wealth. And at the time, it was the world's first self-directed wealth investor. Uh, and I always like to get myself out of my comfort zone and sort of test myself with new things. So I took on a role as head of product and distribution for My Wealth, which was really, really interesting. And so I spent uh, a while there learning from a fantastic team that was pulled together from all different areas, both in and out of the organization. So that was really, I guess, the start of my fintech or digital journey. Uh, cutting to the chase, eventually came back to the UK um, and I was poached to set up an alternative lender by the name of ESME Loans, ESME Loans, which a lot of your listeners will know, a uh, very, very good lender that was wholly owned by NatWest or rather is wholly owned by NatWest. So I, with a, a group of other um, individuals, we set up that business, scaled it over a couple of years, had a fantastic product. Uh, and that's when I, during that journey, I, I met funding options, hmm. um, by the name of Ryan Edwards Pritchard and Comrade Force uh, from back in the day. And um, they tempted me across to funding options. And one of the reasons, so funding options was the single biggest introducer of business into ESME, which is fantastic. Um, but one of the reasons I wanted to make the move is two things, actually. One, I wanted to work for a real startup or a real scale up. So when you work for a startup within a bank, it's slightly different dynamic. Mm. So I wanted, again, I guess, to maybe take that slightly riskier option. But when you're working for a lender, uh, certainly as I see it, you have one chance of success with a business. And that chance is as broad as your risk appetite. Yeah. 
But when you uh, are helping businesses uh, via the funding options platform, actually the number of chances of success are as, as, as numerate as our lender partners, which is sort of two to 300. So that was a real uh, attraction for me, being able to come across and make that difference uh, for SMEs. Well, fantastic. And that's a really interesting journey you've taken as well. And uh, interesting to hear you talk about the sort of differences between, I guess, culture environment of startup within, uh, you know, startup within a sort of institution as opposed to, you know, startup scale up world proper. So, so uh, brilliant. Um, Well, you've given a bit of an intro to, to, to funding options there, but can we drill down a little bit? Could you tell a bit more, tell us a bit more about the core proposition and maybe specifically what problems you're trying to solve? Sure. So as we see it, um, still today, there are primarily two fundamental challenges or problems within the SME finance sector. Number one, and probably quite obvious, is that um, business owners simply don't understand their funding options. Hmm. They don't know where to go. They don't know what they can, you know, what their options are. The second one is there's huge fragmentation within the sector. So, um, In reality, the first uh, port of call for business owners that are looking for finance, in reality, it's Google, right? So they go onto Google, they type in business loans. Guess what happens? They get presented with hundreds and hundreds of different possible uh, um, items for them to select. So, uh, you know, they get all of the banks, they get the challenges, the NEOs, the alternative finance providers, traditional brokers, comparison websites, Uh, platforms, uh, introducers, other ecosystem players, the choice is absolutely huge. But where do they start? And this is the this is one of the fundamental challenges. So what we're trying to do at funding options, I think there's a lot of people who are listening who will who will know what we do as a platform. So we effectively drive a two sided marketplace. Um, But what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove that fragmentation or rather pull the ecosystem together where we bring essentially businesses on on the one hand to our platform, to our marketplace. And we have this hugely broad uh, distribution mechanism out to our lender partners. And we bring the two together. So we effectively can give businesses a holistic view of their funding options from across the market in real time. So we effectively bring the market instantaneously to them. It saves a huge amount of time, not just for the businesses, But if you think about it also from a lender perspective, you know, we're able to triage um, applications and very much tailor them to fit the risk appetites uh, and the needs of of our lender partners. So as an acquisition tool, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, the the issue of of SME finances, it's been I mean, it's, it's existed for years, hasn't it? So. Yeah. trying to unpick that both the knowledge gap and the, and the and the time and effort as you as you say that they have to go through to sometimes just to get a no uh, it's a, it's a massive issue so you know fantastic to, to hear you tackling that and, and and using your platform to do so um i guess speaking of challenges for for smes the last year the last well more than 12 months now has been uh you know uh, has impacted them enormously and it will have affected no doubt the, the market you operate in as well yeah what can you tell us about what you've seen in the last year and what are your views on how you and funding options but also lenders as a whole your partners i guess how 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 do you see their role as helping the recovery mm-hmm. so i mean it, it, you could you could 
probably uh, sit here for hours and hours and sort of regale all of the different tales and and things that we've seen, you know, over the past year. But essentially, we saw the economy in the country, and not just obviously the UK, but around the world, it was the same thing. But we saw, you know, this huge crisis point when we went into lockdown. So within a couple of days, it actually felt like sort of the bottom had dropped out of the SME finance sector, not just for us, but, you know, the, the ones who were clearly feeling the pinch at the sharp end were the businesses themselves. Um, you know, there was no reference point for any player in the industry. It just simply had not been seen before. So, um, you know, demand was stratospheric, but of course, because of the risk and the uncertainty in the market, you know, lenders did the only sensible thing. They, they a large number of them at least, if not all of them, for a period of time, stopped lending because they needed to take stock. They needed to understand the new market dynamics. And yet we had this incredible demand uh, coming through from, from SMEs. Just to give you an idea, I think, of the scale that we see through our platform or we see at Funding Options, we received um, a cumulative total of more than 16 billion uh, pounds of finance applications in 2020 alone, wow. which is a staggering total, certainly from our perspective. Um, so um, when you look at the kind of demand we were seeing and just understanding the fact that we, we couldn't distribute it, we couldn't provide funding options, certainly for a period of time, yeah. that was hugely, hugely challenging. Uh, and I think the whole industry certainly was trying to come together to work out, you know, how could we help these businesses? And there were some fantastic sort of tales of innovation and businesses pivoting and mm. ecosystem players within the SME finance sector also pivoting, which I think were, were, were really, really uplifting. Mm. Um, what we saw after that first sort of quarter, so Q2 last year was, uh, was the real low point, obviously March then into Q2, that was the real low point. But what we did at Funding Options is we pivoted very hard. Um, and we pivoted in a couple of contexts. So we um, dynamically managed our lender panel um, extremely well. Uh, it was really important to try to make sure that we could continue to deliver uh, competitive choice for our customers. And actually, there were a number of new lenders that were coming into the market even during the post-pandemic period, which for us was very, very interesting. Yeah. Certainly a few ecosystem, sorry, not ecosystem, uh, e-commerce lenders were, were entering the market and obviously you know anybody that that is that was good any business that was already uh, you know quite sort of deeply into that e-commerce uh, uh, business model they obviously would have done or fared a lot better than, than maybe some of the more sort of traditional businesses mm. so we pivoted and and, and um, managed our lender panel extremely well um, and actually we did we were so successful that we uh, Q4 last year, that's proof that this is a live show. Um, <laughs> sorry, I might just have to put us on mute. No, he'll be, he'll be quiet now. Apologies to any listeners. Um, so, yeah, so, so we managed to, to get to a point uh, last year where we also, you know, we embraced the, the government schemes. So obviously civils, uh, you know, we embraced that scheme and we managed to achieve our, the last two quarters have actually been records in cumulative lending into the economy, yeah. which we are hugely, hugely uh, proud of. But it's all been, you know, us very much in the trenches with, with the business customers and with our lender partners doing everything we can uh, to make sure that we're, we're delivering some success. That's fantastic. Um, and just thinking about, you know, 
going ahead um and as we enter the sort of recovery stage you know again where, where do you think you can see you know yourselves playing a role there and and the lender community more broadly what might that look like so i think um what we would love to see is the the broader alternative finance sector or the fintech sector if you like the fintech community uh, embraced uh, as part a core element uh, in the the economic recovery um, there are still a few challenges and i think you know these have been well articulated um, across the sector yeah. but there are still some challenges with perhaps perception um, of and i don't know if it's capability uh, or sophistication or, or really what the the right way to describe it is but it's still not quite a level playing field between the way the banks are um, addressed by the likes of, you know, Treasury and, and perhaps other bodies uh, within the UK, there is a very big difference between how they're addressed and how the alternative finance providers are addressed. So it's not strictly a level playing field. There is also still an ongoing challenge, uh, and this is actually a point that I didn't mention when talking about COVID, but access to finance for the alternative finance providers has been, or sorry, access to funding has been yeah. hugely challenging. Uh, and actually we've seen a number of uh, lenders who have been forced through no fault of their own to sit on the sidelines because they didn't have access to funding and they couldn't continue to lend, certainly at the scale they did before. So this whole access to, to funding problem is a real challenge that I don't think we've yet seen solved in the UK. Mm. But I'm hopeful, uh, and I, I always state that I'm an optimist, I'm hopeful that the points that we've made consistently at some stage, you know, genuinely are, um, are considered and that they are, they are resolved. Because what we need to see is we need to see the entire ecosystem coming together to really power this, this recovery. Um, and right now, in reality, we're in a limbo land between Sybils and the RLS product. Um, and, you know, we saw some press over the weekend where perhaps, you know, there's some people who have been dissatisfied with how the RLS rollout is going. I think to be frank, that's justified criticism because mm -hmm. it was launched on the 6th of April this year uh, and it's been a full month plus. And certainly our lender partners are not accredited. And that is a fundamental issue. The RLS was announced weeks, if not months before the 6th of April. Um, all of these lenders have been participating in the government schemes. How is it feasibly possible that we couldn't have um, commenced any of the evaluation to make this a quicker accreditation process prior to the end of civils? So without wanting to labor the point, hmm. I'm hopeful that these, these concerns are addressed. Uh, but right now we are in limbo land and something needs to be done about that because the whole community needs to come together to really power out of this with success. Yeah, some really interesting challenges that you've mentioned there, Simon. Um, I guess good to hear your optimism that, that it can be resolved. But no, you're absolutely right. And we totally agree that the ecosystem does definitely need to come together to, to find a solution and try and break down some of these barriers. Um, moving on a little bit, you, you recently announced the creation of Funding Cloud. Uh, could you tell us a bit about that and what you're aiming to do there? 
Yeah, so Funding Cloud is a wholly new iteration of our already successful platform. Um, so we launched that at the beginning of April, and we believe that Funding Cloud delivers uh, major innovation to the SME finance sector. And I'll go so far as to say I think it is actually deeply disruptive. So the platform has the capability to commoditize the SME finance process. And this is probably where we'll get, where we'll get bogged down maybe into too, too much detail, but I'll try and keep it high level. So when I say commoditize, um, certainly when I talk to some of the other traditional players in the market, I think there is a very firm belief that um, uh, SME finance requires human input mm -hmm. and funding options is hugely committed uh, to having you know, expert people involved in the process of uh, connecting business owners to the right finance options, 100%. We're also a big believer in technology and we're a big believer in data. So our vision is for a hybrid approach between the three where you are, are effectively utilizing the best of technology, data and humans to deliver optimal results. Hmm. And that's what we do through the funding cloud. So the funding cloud uh, has a number of lenders uh, that we launched with actually, there's five lenders that we launched with and they're fully integrated into the platform. And what that means is that we have the capability to pass through to them in real time data on the businesses that are applying for finance and receive back from them in real time, not just sort of guesswork offers, fully underwritten offers. Okay, right. which is hugely, hugely powerful. So going back to those fundamental problems I was talking about earlier of you know fragmentation in the SME finance sector and uh, a lack of knowledge of, of funding options, we are bringing the market to SMEs at the point of application. The record that we have through the funding cloud or through funding cloud, I should say, um, from application to fully underwritten approval or fully underwritten offer is 20 seconds. <laughs> wow which is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Uh, I'll stop using the word powerful now. But what this, what this does is um, as we integrate more and more lenders, and that's absolutely the journey that we're on, but as we integrate more and more lenders, I talked about giving uh, SMEs competitive choice. We will be able to present them very similar to when, for example, you and I can go on to a comparison website now and look for insurance, and it will give you a list of, you know, in value order, a list of all of these different providers. And they're all pretty much fully underwritten at the insurance end. Mm. Um, we can do that eventually, or we will be able to do that with Funding Cloud. Um, we also, however, so the platform isn't just catering for the 100% uh, uh, digital flow. It is, all, it's, I like to call it the, the have our cake and eat it model, but the cloud, the platform, um, it, it effectively encompasses a number of innovations. So even if somebody doesn't want to connect their open banking, you know, bank transaction information to us, uh, or, you know, it's a high value deal, or it's an asset finance deal, or a property deal, or whatever it is, if there is a reason for a human to be involved, the platform still deals with it. It's just that it will do what it used to do, the, the same, sort of a similar, more sophisticated, what in a similar, more sophisticated way than the old platform it will still cater for, you know, the fully digital, the hybrid between the two, and then the fully manual applications. It effectively does everything. But the beauty is that where we can use technology and data, yeah. we will use it. And another huge, and this is a big can of worms, but this is also within the introducer world or the broker world. People talk a lot about, you know, is there bias in the process? 
Well, where we have the lender integrations, there is no bias. So if, if an application fits your product as a lender, you will receive that application 100% of times. Uh, wow. I mean, that's absolutely fascinating. And that's a, you know, that is a really exciting vision. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing ambition with it. And I love that. I love what you're saying about the sort of, you know, the hybrid approach of you know, human plus tech plus data. I think that's, um, that's it's really interesting. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience of the last 12 months and of trying to scale a business in what's been a very difficult environment for everyone. I know you've spoken a little bit about it. Is, is there anything more you can tell us about how you found, as I say, scaling or, you know, trying to trying to grow a business and pivot in, in the midst of, uh, you know, the sort of whirlwind of the, of the pandemic and of the last 12 months? Sure. Uh, whirlwind is definitely one word. Uh, roller coaster, definitely another one that, that one could use. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a very much a people person, or I consider myself at least to be a, a, a real people person. So one of the reasons why, you know, I love doing what I'm doing, obviously the SMEs and, and you know, they're amazing people themselves. Um, but the team that I work with and the community within, you know, the fintech community, the SME finance uh, community, you know, I, I, I just respond very well you know the people side is a huge motivation so having the privilege to run uh, funding options uh, you know genuinely it is a privilege and i think at a time like uh, you know the, the covid the post pandemic period that's where you have to show your mettle as as a leader as a ceo uh, and i i will be very uh, be very open to say that it was it was hugely hugely challenging Mm. Um, but I think it was very easy for, um, for everybody, you know, everybody would have had their moments of weakness, but it was important for me to be the, uh, the person that steadies the ship mm. that, that helps to steer the course that is the, you know, me being the consistent one with the vision, keeping everybody on track. Uh, you know, you've got to be there for people. You have to listen to all of the different inputs that you've got from around the organization. Um, you know, that, that's, that's my responsibility uh, as CEO. Um, it definitely had its challenges. You know, we navigated all of the same things as everybody else did. You know, the furlough scheme, uh, you know, for one example, I do think that was, uh, you know, a hugely positive development. Um, and I, I'm, you know, really pleased to say that I think we, we, we only lost, uh, you know, a handful of people. Uh, throughout, um, uh, you know, sort of that initial six to nine month period. And we've retained certainly most of our talent. I think the difficulty, though, with everything we've been through, it's not just the conditions themselves, but it's the length of time that it's gone on for. So I, I funnily enough, I actually believe I had COVID last February. So I remember locking myself uh, in the house from about mid-Feb. So for me, it's been almost 15 months, yeah. which is an incredible amount of time. And what we're seeing now is, uh, you know, a lot of mental challenges and just fatigue. Mm. You know, people don't joke about, you know, Zoomers cough and Zoomers fatigue and all these kinds of things. I genuinely believe most people are working harder than they ever have. You don't have the outlet uh, all that sort of natural camaraderie of working alongside people. And it takes its toll. So I think trying to scale up and pivot 
Um, you have to use every single you know, possible facet of your motivational skills and, and everything else to try and make it happen. But, but we've done it as a team, right? So there's no individuals involved in what I think we've achieved. And I'm hugely proud of what we've achieved. But we've done it as a team, everybody doing their part. And, and some people who don't realize they're leaders, they are. There might be the people that have just been in the business longer than other people, but they might not be managing people, but they're considered to be leaders and role models. So I think everybody's played its part. Um, I think we all need to uh, be given the opportunity to exhale a bit, relax a bit. I think the entire workforce across the economy needs that. Um, but, but the time will come. It, it seems like, as we were saying earlier on, it seems like we're getting back to some semblance of normality. Fingers crossed, although maybe normality doesn't exist. Maybe it's a new, a new norm. <laughs> well, we, we shall see. Uh, but uh, Simon, I appreciate your honesty there and talking about your role as a leader within that. It's, it's really interesting and it's absolutely a, a big responsibility. Um, just to zoom out for a second, I, I wanted to get your opinions on where you see the fintech sector as a whole so not just your own business or, or even necessarily the vertical in which you operate but the whole industry where do you see it going how do you see it evolving over the next few years i think that we will we will see um the continued pace of developments and innovation that we've been lucky enough to see i think over the last couple of years um i think that again one can look in various different uh, with, with different sort of lenses at, at what's happened in in the post COVID period, um, but I think there are some positives because it has accelerated digitization. Mm. I think there are a number of trends that have really accelerated that are irreversible. Um, you know, we're 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 moving very fast towards open finance here in the UK. Um, you know, developments in in terms of all of these technology innovations and, and, and data-driven developments, in my opinion, they are just going to continue unabated. The, there will be this continued acceleration. There will be some fantastic innovation. And I think, I think that is, um, that's just going to be, sort of be the overriding backdrop. I think the UK is very interestingly positioned or uniquely positioned in terms of obviously the decision we made around Brexit. So I think everybody's sort of looking to see, you know, are we still this hotbed of investment uh, for VCs and PE firms, et cetera, et cetera. All indications are to the positive. I think we've seen some great, um, you know, the, 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 the rollout of the vaccine program here in the UK, I think that can only be recognized as wholly positive and, and to be celebrated to, to an extent as well. Um, so I think that positions us really uniquely against maybe the, the rest of Europe in terms of where we are positioned and how is our economy going to rebound? You know, there's lots of predictions of this sort of super rebound and, and you know, a great, it's almost like a, a after a war, mm. you know, sort of the economic rebound uh, that you can get in those kinds of situations. Um, you know, when people are feeling really liberated and we really are properly able to uh, to socialise, you know, I think that that positive um, vibe is, is just going to be pervasive across everything. Mm. So I, I just think we're set for um, the scene is being set for a very, very exciting period of, of innovation uh, and growth. And I think the UK will absolutely be at the fore. And of course, Innovate Finance will be at the fore of the representation of the sector. 
<laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I'll send you the invoice for that later. Um, <laughs> well, very, very positive vision. And for my last question, I just want to ask, what can we expect from you and from funding options in the next six, 12 or 18 months? We've got a lot uh, in the pipeline, if I'm allowed to use that word, because I'm always giving somebody else internally a hard time about repeatedly using that word. But we've got an incredible amount uh, that's underway strategically within funding options. Um, you know, we are very much in, in that scale up phase uh, and we are accelerating. Funding Cloud um, has already delivered us, um, you know, some, some really uh, sort of fantastic, um, or, or rather put a, put a real stake in the ground in terms of our intent. Um, and we intend to continue to innovate, to continue to disrupt. And all I would say without giving too, too much away is that anybody listening, you know, watch this space. Uh, we've got some really exciting plans, um, both domestically and uh, internationally. So maybe that gives you a little bit of a teaser. But um, yeah, maybe maybe if you invite me back onto the uh, the show in the podcast in six months time, I'll be able to update you substantively. But we're, we're really, really excited about uh, the, what the future holds for us. So uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to to tell you a bit about it. No, not at all. It's been a, it's been uh, fascinating to hear about it, Simon. And I think actually that's a that's a really good place for us to stop. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really interesting insights there, as I say. And yes, we'll be we'll be following your progress with interest, and uh, we look forward to to getting an update in a, in a few months' time. Well, that's about it for this episode. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. Please do keep an eye out for upcoming episodes. Uh, we do have many more conversations with fintech players planned. And of course, we have all our previous episodes available to listen to on our website. So please do take a look at our back catalogue for many more insights on fintech and financial innovation. So my thanks once again to Simon Curitan, CEO at Funding Options. Thank you at home for listening. And do join us next time for Coffee with Innovate Finance. Bye for now. <laughs>